North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Dr. Low Radio. I am your host, Dr. Lauren Noel, naturopathic doctor, and uh, it's going to be a fun show tonight. I'm actually recording this from Salt Lake City, Utah. Actually, technically, I'm in Snowbird. Uh, I am here at the annual naturopathic medicine conference. And I haven't been here in probably six or seven years. I've just been busy getting my career going, getting the clinic up and going, and things are a lot more stable now. So I have been, um, I've been able to peel away and come over here to this conference and just, you know, sharpen my skills and get to uh, rub elbows with some pretty awesome other NDs and looking forward to sharing what I'm learning here with you guys on future episodes. So it's my lunch break. Today I'm learning all about uh, just updates in, in the area of endocrinology and, you know, things that we can do as naturopathic doctors to help to optimize hormones. I uh, just finished attending a lecture with Dr. Alan Christensen, who was a previous guest on the show. And then we also, um, they they were doing a, a talk on infertility and I'll be having the uh, the woman who was doing that lecture on, in a future episode. So just got her info and we're going to do a future show on infertility and things that we can do from a naturopathic perspective to optimize all of that. So definitely stay tuned to future shows. It'll be um, lots of fun and lots of empowering information for you. If you are brand new to listening to the show, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me. We've done many shows over the last few years, and there's so much more to catch up on. If you want to listen to the archive episodes, you can go over to drlowradio.com and check out all of the updates. And if you have been listening to the show and you're getting value out of it, I know you are because I bring you guys some great content and some great guests. So I know you're loving it and getting so much juicy information out of it. I would love if you'd head over to iTunes, leave me a review. I'd love if you leave a five stars, any comments would be greatly appreciated. I reach, read each and every one of those. And iTunes uses this rating system um, to rate their podcast. So the higher the ratings, the, the more comments, the more visibility that the podcast gets. And that really increases the awareness of this whole area of medicine. So it's more than just for vanity, I want to have good you know, reviews. Of course, I like reading them, but it's really about increasing the awareness and the exposure of the show. So it really does help to promote just changing healthcare. Also, too, look back on the archive episodes and look through the different topics. If there are any conditions, um, you know, different types of topics that you know maybe someone deals with, share those with them because that could be a life-changing, um, you know, shift in perspective for them. It might give them some really useful information to help change their life. I also have a free gift for all of you. If you go over to drlaurennoel.com, I have a free ebook that I wrote called Wired But Tired, and it's how to set up your day to have as much energy as you can to where you're not feeling dragged by the end of the day, but you actually feel like a kid again when you just pop out of bed and have so much energy. And by the end of the day, you don't want to go to sleep because you feel so good. In that ebook, I outline what I do to keep energy throughout the day and just other little fun tricks and tidbits on how to keep your energy high all day long. So that's over at Dr. DrLaurenNoel.com, and you can get it right into your inbox. Also, I have been 
crazy on Snapchat lately, sharing little health tips, what I'm doing throughout the day, a lot of little funny things here and there. I think they're funny. And then I, of course, like to film my dog. How can you have a dog and not film your dog all day long? Um, but head on over there, hang out with me on Snapchat. My username is Healthy Low, Healthy L-O. And uh, let's hang out over on the social meds. Of course, I'm over on Instagram as well at Healthy Low and over on Facebook at Dr. Low Noel, D-R-L-O Noel. Um, let's see. I think there's anything else. I think that's everything. So let's jump into the show. Oh, one little quick thing I forgot to mention. There are a couple spots in this interview where the audio wasn't amazing, so just bear with me. You should still be able to get the content and hear what we're saying, but just a couple little spots. So thanks for your patience. Love you guys. Here's the show. All right. We have the amazing Craig Ballantyne on the show. I'm so excited to have our guest on the show tonight. I have been following Craig for many years now. I actually went and saw him speak at a fitness business summit years ago. Um, I'm not even really in the fitness industry, but it went with some of my friends, um, Sean Croxton and Jenna Phillips. We went up there and attended this um, seminar, and I was really blown away by the speaker, Craig Ballantyne. He just is, he has such an amazing stage presence, and he's accomplished so many things in his career and is, has really shifted into a lot more of the mindset space now, and uh, it's just been amazing. So when I actually saw a few days ago I was going to have him on my show today, I got really, really excited to to, uh, to do the interview. So a little bit about Craig. Craig Ballantyne is a productivity and success transformation coach from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and he's the author of The Perfect Day Formula, How to Own the Day and Control Your Life. He's been contributing to Men's Health Magazine since 2000, and in 2001, Craig created the popular home workout program, Turbulence Training. On his journey to success, Craig had to overcome crippling anxiety attacks, and he beat them with his five pillars of transformation. Today, Craig shows men and women how to use the five pillars to lose 10 to 75 pounds, get a raise and make more money, find the love of their life, and overcome any obstacle in the way of success. You can read his daily essays on success, productivity, and fitness at earlytorise.com. Craig, so excited to have you on the show. Welcome to Dr. Low Radio. Oh, well, thank you so much. And so which year were you at the, the, biz, the Fitness Business Summit? I would say it's probably five or six years ago. It was a while ago. Wow, very cool. And you yeah. definitely had a great crew that you went with. So I'm glad yeah. you made it out. Yeah, it was, you know, it was when I was just getting into kind of the online world. I had just started my podcast and I did it just as a hobby really to start and then started realizing that people were listening and a good amount of people started listening. So that was, you know, I think that was a part of uh, my just, you know, my technique and learning a little bit more about online marketing. And, you know, it's a, it's a small portion of what I do now. I'm mainly a clinician and I see patients in my practice at, at um, my clinic, Shine Natural Medicine, but it, it definitely, you know, was very helpful to see some of the tips that you shared on stage. So, so yeah, I know it's a small world. Oh, so, very cool. Very cool. And very kind words. Thank oh, you so much. Of course. Yeah. I'm, um, you know, I came across your most recent book, um, the perfect day formula. I was listening to Sean's show, both Sean Croxton and Sean Stevenson, um, and was really in need of that at that time when I listened to it. And it wasn't that long ago. I was just feeling like, man, I was, feeling kind of like a slave to, to business, to my work. And I, I love what I do, but I started to feel like my own self-care was, was getting away from me. And so making a few changes that you outlined in your program, it made a really big difference for me. And I found my happiness like just skyrocketed significantly because I started to take care of things that were most important for me. And that's my health, my family's health, you know, some of the bigger goals that I have. 
And so I just totally flipped the way that my day is set up and I felt so much happier at work. I was nicer to my staff. I was a better doctor to my patients and it really made a very big difference. So I know that in the introduction, I talked about how, you know, you promised that people could get a raise, make more money, find the love of their life. And it sounds a little outlandish that that's possible, but it really is when you change the structure of your day. So we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit, but I just wanted to just let you know that that made a big difference for me. So, um, so tell me. Tell me a little bit about well, that's um, really great. what's that? It's really great. And those are two of my best that have been on, both the Sean Crocs and, and Sean Stevenson. They did a great job. And, and I'm really glad that that message got out there and found you at the right time. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think that, you know, people come into our lives at the, the right moment when we need it. So, and, and for my brother, I, I sent a message out to you and I've, I've been open about this on, on the show that my brother is going to be transitioning out of prison in the next couple of years. And even for someone who's dealing with stuff like that, doing this type of work is so essential because it's about him, you know, getting his life back of what he wants to do when he gets out. And, and so, um, so I'm excited for him to, to start to read that. So anyways, Let's let's talk a little bit about you know what brought you into this world. I know that you um, were very much in the world of fitness, and I know that's something that you're still involved with. But you've shifted into more of the mindset space. So why did you make that transition? Um, really, it's something that I've always wanted to do. I mean, I always wanted to help people, just like you. And I knew that fitness was a place for me to start, and so that's where I spent you know over a decade helping people in person and online. But at the same time, I was always trying to think, well, how else can I help people? And I realized that I was really helping myself as I became an online business owner and not uh, a, on anybody else's schedule like I was when I was a personal trainer, that I needed help to really stay on track because otherwise I was, you know, I, had, I didn't have to wake up at a certain time anymore and I was starting to sleep late and I knew it was causing me anxiety and it wasn't the right thing to do. And so I just put all these systems into place so that I could become more productive and I could help more people. And then I started coaching people on the same systems that I was using. And the next thing you know, I'm like, I need to put this all down into a book and really help a lot of people. And so that was the evolution of it. And I'm really glad with, I'm really happy with the way everything has turned out. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about what these systems look like. I mean, is it just having structure to your day in a different type of way? I know a lot of us, we kind of fly by the seat of our pants and just, you know, have a list of things that we want to get done, but sometimes maybe don't do it the most effective way and maybe rely on willpower, right? So, so yeah, how does this look exactly? Well, it is based on structure. And the more structure we have in our workday, the more freedom we actually have in our life. And some people might be scratching their heads at that and saying, wait a minute, I don't want more rules in place. I don't want more structure. How do you have more freedom if you have more structure? And again, it goes back to, okay, let's be proactive with the day. And so the most successful people are proactive. They plan ahead. They know what they're going to do. They know what they're going to say no to. They know what's really important. And they've really thought things out. Now, the reactive person that struggles and doesn't feel like they have any free time and doesn't feel like they're getting ahead in life, they're the type of person who wakes up late, you know, hits the snooze button, checks their email all the time. And those are the mistakes that you can make that will suck up so much of your time over the course of the day. And the next thing you know, you feel like you're working around the clock, but not making progress. Mm -hmm. So we go back, we step back, we take a look at our life. We say, here are some boundaries I'm going to put in place 
That's the number one system we're going to start to use. We're going to control our mornings because that's when we can really get ahead of the game. And we're going to use what I call the five pillars of transformation or the five pillars of success in the afternoon to overcome the chaos that the world is going to throw at us and help us to implement habit change, which will help us become more effective. And then because of those two big victories, controlling the morning and conquering the afternoon, we're then free at night to concentrate on what counts, which is our family, which is our hobbies, which is our health, which is might be a second side business to build more wealth, or it might just simply be relaxing and you know, again, self-care, which is so needed for a lot of people. Yeah. And so those, those are the three ways that we build in that, that my systems to the day to really take advantage of being proactive. Yeah. So can you run through those, the three C's again, like what they specifically are just one more time? Yeah, that's a great question. And so just a quick background for everybody listening. I based my book on the three C formula, which is based on stoic philosophy And an ancient philosopher named Epictetus said, control what you can, cope with what you can't, and concentrate on what counts. And then I decided, hey, that really fits the morning, the afternoon, and the evening. And then I looked into everything that had helped me along the way, and I realized, hey, I'm going to set it up to control my morning with these rules and boundaries. I'm going to set rules for my life so I can really maximize my mornings. And then I realized from my weight loss transformation contest and my fitness business, that there were five pillars of habit change that everybody used, all the winners of my contest used to really succeed. And so I decided to dial that in into helping to succeed in the afternoon. And then there was the final part of it, the concentrate of what counts part. And there was one aspect in my life called creating a vision for your life that I really love to do because it allowed me to achieve some of my biggest goals in life And I knew that it could help other people. So I show people in the third section of the book how to create a vision for their life so they really focus on that third C, concentrating on what counts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and this is perfect for anyone listening who maybe you feel like you're working more hours than you want to or you come home later than what you want and maybe your family is saying that you're always busy, you're always working or you you just feel like you don't have that time for the things that ultimately really matter the most to you. If you feel like you you know, give more to work or more to the, some other things that aren't really a priority for you, then this is a perfect way to restructure things and really check your, your priorities. Um, and also too, I mean, I think that a lot of us have the right priorities in check. We just have bad habits that don't match up with our priorities. And that can be really frustrating. Yeah. One thing that I saw that I, I really, really makes me sad. And it's really one of the reasons that I wrote the book was, you know, going into a park here in Denver and I'm sure most people have seen this in parks and maybe even in their own backyards, uh, wherever they live, is to see a, a parent playing with their child, but the parent was glued to the smartphone. Mm-hmm. And so when I was in Denver one morning, you know, just walking around, very nice park here, beautiful, sunny Saturday morning, and there was a young kid playing soccer with his dad kicking the ball to his dad and his dad was looking at the phone and the dad would walk over to the soccer ball and kick it back, but he wouldn't even look up from the phone. And this went on for three to five minutes because I watched it. And with each time the child would kick the ball, there was less momentum in it. There was a really just sadness eventually getting into the child because his father was not paying attention to him. And whether or not that was the father's um, bad habit or whether it was because, you know, this, he had let, his work creep into his social time, that really bothered me. And I want 
people to be able to build systems into their life so that that doesn't happen, yeah. whether it, you know, so that they're able to focus on what really matters because, you know, that, that kid will never be that age again. And it was a wasted day and a wasted opportunity. Yeah. That reminds me back to an exercise that I did at a personal development training years and years ago where we were working with partners and we, our assignment was to describe something. I think it was tell a story to the, to the other person. And, and we did the, the exercise twice. And the first time we did it, we had the person uh, actually listen to what we were saying while we were talking. And the other time we did it was having them completely checked out and just looking around and not even listening. And the experience was night and day as the person telling the story. Cause like you said, as this little kid is trying to, you know, have this time with his father, the less his father listened, the less he was engaged. And that's the exact experience I had doing this exercise when someone wasn't even listening to me or, or paying any, you know, no eye contact. I just became, you know, completely not interested in telling the story at all. And that's, that's how we rob people of ourselves when we're not present. There's actually research that shows even if you put your phone on a table and the phone is turned off, Mm-hmm. that people's attention span is reduced simply by the presence of a phone on a table. Wow. And so I, actually, I have a personal rule that I don't take my phone to meetings, whether they're coffee meetings or lunch meetings. If I have to take it along, I leave it off the desk. Mm-hmm. And so that way I'm just focused on the person and focused on the conversation so that they stay engaged and that they're not, you know, upset. I mean, why would you go and have lunch with somebody if you're not going to pay attention to them? Totally. And we can all think of people in our lives who are always present with us and versus people who are not. And it's such a gift to be around people who actually give us their attention and their presence. It's night and day, the experience that Absolutely. we have. Yeah. So let's say for someone listening who wants to start to adopt this, like how can you actually start to control your mornings? Because that can feel like a very different experience for, for, for most of us. Right. And so it's a great question. And one quick tip that I recommend that everybody does is they start to get up a little bit earlier than everybody else in their house. So let's say everybody in the house is getting up around seven o'clock. You know, the kids get up at seven, they go down, they want to have breakfast and you and your spouse get up at seven o'clock in the morning. Well, if you get up a few minutes earlier before everybody else and you can go down to your kitchen table and just think about your number one problem or opportunity in your life. And just sit there and think with no electronics, but just a piece of paper and a pen, you can actually make amazing progress. So let's say you have, you have $3,000 worth of credit card debt, and this is something that you really want to get out of. Well, if you just go and live your normal life, you're never going to really have time to think about putting in place a plan. And so you might slowly chip away at it. But if you actually go and say, hey, I'm going to get up 15 minutes earlier tomorrow, I'm going to sit down at my kitchen table, and I'm going to look through my expenses, and I'm going to think about ways I can make more money, and I'm going to think about ways I can you know, find a, di- a way to get onto a different credit card with lower interest, and you do that six days a week for 15 minutes, you're going to get out of credit card debt a whole lot faster than if you just tried to do it you know, on the seat of your, you know, flying by the seat of your pants and, and being in reactive mode. So it is that proactive approach to your morning, which is going to help you succeed over the rest of the day. And when you have that victory, when you have a victory first thing in the morning, doesn't matter how crazy the rest of the day gets, the world can't take that victory from you. And so it's really important to get off on that good start. Mm -hmm. So that's just one of the many things that you can do in the morning to have success. That's so powerful. And I've been recommending this to some of my 
my mother patients who are busy moms. They're, you know, always about the, the selflessness and being there for their kids and their husband and, and having that time for them in the morning is so therapeutic. Even if it's just like you said, like 10, 15 minutes to have that time because no one can take it away from you. Cause once the day starts, there's, it's just, it's a wash, right? There's no way that, the chances of, of you having that time, it really diminishes. Right. Absolutely. So I, I learned this from studying a, a marketing expert named Dan Kennedy, who once knew the former CEO of Chrysler, Lee Iacocca. This is going, uh, you know, decades back. But Lee Iacocca, who was the CEO of a very powerful company, said that he didn't even get 15 minutes in a day to think. And so if this is a powerful CEO of a company who doesn't even get 15 minutes to think, then how can you expect anybody else to get 15 minutes to think? Right. And, but the thing is, if you have that 15 minutes to think, you can actually be proactive. You can plan a little bit. You can get ahead. And one more thing on that great advice that you're giving to moms the analogy is just like when you're on the airplane and what they tell you on the airplane is that when the oxygen mask drops down, you put yours on first. You take care of yourself first because you can't take care of other people if you aren't taking care of yourself. And so what you're telling people to do is right on. It's the right advice and it's going to be so helpful to somebody who feels like they're just being overwhelmed by all their responsibilities. Mm-hmm. I love jumping into a day in the life of, I, I would love if, I wish I could be like, like a little camera on your shoulder and just watch what you do throughout the day. Huh. Um, but since that would be weird, can you give us a little bit of a kind of a tour of what your day looks like from when you wake up until you go to sleep? And I'm sure things might actually start the night before, right? That kind of set the tone for the next day. Yeah, they absolutely do. But I'll start right from the morning. So, you know, I get up quite early. And just because I get up quite early doesn't mean that I expect everyone to get up really early. It doesn't mean that I'm saying that's the only way to operate. I get up early because I've done the self-reflection and looked at myself and, and my energy levels and when I really feel like I'm most productive and most creative and most effective in my role in my life. And it is very early in the morning. So I get up very early in the morning and I've identified my number one priority in my life, which is writing. And so that's what I do after I have a morning uh, a nutritional cocktail of um, glutamine and vitamin C and a greens drink. That's the first thing that I have in the morning. And then I sit down at my kitchen table and I start writing. And I write on the most important aspect in my business, which I plan out the night before. So you're right. I do that. And I'll talk about that at the end of this day as we walk through it. And so I do that for about an hour, hour and a half. And then I do meditation. And then I walk my dog. Then I come in and I finally have breakfast. And then I'll do more writing for a couple of hours. Then I'll take an exercise and lunch break. And then in the afternoon, I do great calls like this one. So I'm a morning writer and an afternoon communicator because I know, again, from taking an objective look at my energy levels and my skill set and my priorities in life that I'm best off doing that writing in the morning rather than trying to write in the afternoon. And I don't do calls in the morning because that's really important writing time. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I structured my work day. Then I finish off with a couple of exercises that I teach in my perfect day book, which are a brain dump, which is writing down all the crazy thoughts running through your head. Just get them out on paper and leave them behind so that you can then be present with your family. Plan out the next day as well. So, you know, here are my number uh, one, two, and three priorities for the next day. And I have a general template for my day of writing and calls that I then 
put in specifics. So if my number one priority is writing a new chapter for a new book, then that's the thing I'm going to do first thing in the morning. And if, you know, my number two priority is having, you know, a podcast, Dr. Lauren, boom, that's going to be into my schedule. And so those, that's how I set up my planning. And then I also do my gratitude journaling and a little big thinking exercise that I like to do to come up with uh, ideas that I otherwise wouldn't, you know, pop into my mind over the course of the day. It's just a brainstorming exercise. Ooh, and then I end my, and, yeah, then, yeah, then I end my day with a dog walk, dinner, and, uh, some you know relaxation time and social time and i like to wind down with reading something that might be kind of work related and it might be a, a book on how to be more productive or it might be a book on um business building but usually it's a, a book that's not related to that you know right now i'm reading an excellent book that maybe you've heard of and if you haven't i highly recommend it. it's called the body keeps the score mm, haven't heard of it i'll check it out it it is incredible. It's about helping people overcome trauma. Uh, I mean, if anybody is in the fitness or world or taking care of anybody in any way, you absolutely have to read this book. It is absolutely fascinating. It is something that I, you know, like you read like Harry Potter and you just can't wait to read it again the right. next day. This <laughs> book is that good. I just can't wait to get back to it because it is so full of great information on helping people overcome trauma and it's helped me uh, look at my clients in a completely different light to understand, you know, why they're struggling with their weight after all these years. It's not because of diet, nutrition, and, and exercise. It's because of the abuse that they went through, and you know, they're protecting themselves. Mm -hmm. And it just really has opened my mind to like, hey, it's more than just you know what you eat and how you exercise. So yeah. that's a you know just a, a bit of a tangent there, but that's what I do to end the day: get away from the screens and read, whether it's newspaper or book or magazine, something that allows you to completely disconnect from work and, again, disconnect from the screen so that you can then get naturally into uh, being tired and go to sleep. That's amazing. I love that. And and having all those little blocks of time that you're doing those things, you end up getting so much traction and so much done in all those different areas. So you journal every day, you read every day, you're exercising every day. And, but these are just, you're, you're on autopilot, right? These are just habits I'm sure you're at the point where you don't have to really force yourself to do these things anymore. Most of them. No, some of them, some of them, believe it or not, I still forget. Like I might still forget about the gratitude journaling or, mm -hmm. or you know, very busy day. I might forget about the, uh, the big thinking, but Nine times out of ten, it's just you know in, built in that little template. And unless I've got a whole bunch of calls, or unless I'm traveling, which I do travel a lot, then uh, those things are always done, and they're just great habits, great routines because they're actually very valuable yeah. exercises as well. Now I know that you travel quite a bit, and do you have any little tricks or tips to you know kind of keep your health together as you're traveling? Oh, I mean, I just don't look at it as any any other option. I think it's. Yeah. If you if you travel irregularly, you might be overwhelmed and you might think, oh, how could you possibly do it? But once you've traveled a little bit, you can get into a routine. I mean, I I take the you know I start the day with the same supplement. I take a, a bag of the powder with me, and I, you know it's it's not something that that falls off track. Right. And I stick to the same nutrition program. I stick to the same exercise program. I might have to move it up a little bit earlier, or you know, cut the workout a little bit short in order to get to a meeting. But I don't see any reason to fall off a, tra a schedule when you travel. I think a lot of people simply use it as an excuse to do that, but there's no reason to. You can stay very, very close to your regular routine 
even if you switch time zones, you can get back on track very quickly mm-hmm. and therefore have the success that uh, you, you want. One of the things that really stood out to me in the interviews I've heard that you did were that you have actual rules for your life. And I think that is the coolest thing ever to have that. It's like your ethos, you know, the virtues you live by, the things that you stand by. And I would love if you could share some about that with our listeners. Yeah, it's a great point that you just made there about different names for it. So I call it rules for your life. You can call it your personal commandments. You can call it your personal philosophies. You can call them your boundaries. Uh, If you're a computer person, you would look at it as having your own personal operating system, like a computer (laughs) has an operating system. And so people might think, oh, I have no rules for my life. You know, I'm very free-spirited. Listen, you have a lot of rules in your life. So let's say a paleo person, Mm -hmm. a person who follows a paleo diet has very strict rules for what they eat. And someone who drives on the road has very strict rules for what they follow. If you stopped at a red light, then you follow rules in your life. And if you follow the Ten Commandments, you follow rules for your life. We all have these rules, and we all have rules that we live by that most people just have never actually written down. So when I wrote my rules down, it was way back in 2011. I don't know why I did it. It was just a Sunday afternoon, and all these things came to my mind, and I sat down, and I wrote out the rules for my life. And they haven't changed very much. There's some slight specifics that have changed, but not much has changed in the last you know, five years since I did these. And I think if everyone sat down and thought, well, how do I actually operate and live my life? You would easily come up with four or five rules. But there's actually a template that I put together to help people come up with the rules for their life. So I wouldn't mind sharing that if if that's okay. Please, I'd love to hear. Yeah. Okay. So the very first thing that you should have a rule for is your health. And it might be a rule about what time you go to bed and what time you get up. So your sleep habits. It might be a rule about the nutrition program that you follow. And I gave you that paleo um, example earlier. Um, Another person that I was interviewed by, a person from Australia, said that they don't feel great unless they get three ocean swims per week. So that's (laughs) a great health rule. I mean, I love that. I mean, it must be so freeing to the mind to be able to go out and swim in the ocean three times per week. And so you get a combination of almost meditation and exercise. And if that's the rule, I mean, I just got to make sure I get my three swims in this week and everything else will fall into place. Or you might meditate 20 minutes a day. Maybe that's your rule. I know Jonathan Fields, an author, uh, he once wrote that in an article, that he meditates for 20 minutes every morning. Mm -hmm. And some people meditate twice a day for 20 minutes. But whatever it is, just put together one health rule that's kind of like the foundation, that as long as you do this health rule, X, Y, Z, whatever it is, then everything else is going to come together. Now, a second rule that you're going to have is what you're going to focus on in that 15 minutes first thing in the morning. So if it's 15 minutes or an hour or whatever it is, your number one priority. So I'm going to get up and write for 60 minutes first thing in the morning. That's my rule. Now, if somebody really needs to improve their health, it might be I'm going to get up and exercise for 15 minutes first thing in the morning. If someone wants to really focus on their spirituality, it might be I'm going to get up and the Bible and do Bible study for 15 minutes first thing every morning. Or I'm going to get up and work on my finances first thing every morning. Or I'm going to get up and you know manage my Match.com profile 15 <laughs> minutes first thing in the morning. Love it. You know, because that might be somebody's number one priority in life. Yeah. And so that's what you do. Have a rule for what you're going to do in that magic 15 minutes before everybody else in the house gets up. So that's the second thing. A third thing would be, okay, 
what's the what can rule can I put in place about what not to do? Now, this is something that is very, very valuable because most people can do a lot of things right during the week, but what they do wrong actually outweighs all of the good stuff by three, four, five, even 10 to one. So let's say an alcoholic or a recovering alcoholic, you know, he doesn't drink during the day, he eats healthy, he runs, he, you know, stays in connection with his support group, but he goes to a a bar once on Friday night. Well, what are you going to do in a bar? Are you going to drink? So he would have to have a rule that I never go to a bar because I'm going to drink and that's going to get me off track. If someone has an email problem, they need to set up a rule for their email that I do not check my personal email before noon every day if there's certain priorities that I have to get done yeah. first thing in the morning for work. And one other not to do might be for someone who's a casual drinker and who's gone down a slippery slope like most of us do in some of our habits where they went from one glass of wine a night to all of a sudden they find themselves drinking three glasses of wine a night, up groggy and not being able to get get things done in the morning. And so they might just switch to, I'm not going to drink during the work week. And that would be their rule. So essentially what we're looking for is to find the biggest obstacle, temptation, or distraction in our life and set up a boundary around it to protect ourselves and our time so that we are then more productive and effective. And then we have more free time for what really matters at night. So Mm. that's the what not to do rule. And that is one of the last ones. I mean, you can also put a rule in for if you want to build your wealth, like what's the number one thing that I can do every day forward in building my wealth? You know, it might be saving money. It might be spending time studying, investing. If you want to build your wealth, you might put a rule in place. Mm -hmm. And then finally, finally, the last thing that I would say is you might want to put in a rule for your social self or your personal development. Now, for some people, they're going to say, I don't need a rule for being social. That's really easy. But for some of people like myself, we have to remind ourselves to come up from, for air from <laughs> our work, you know, sometimes because we love it and we love uh, helping people so much. And so it might be like, oh, you know, just the reminder every week you need to go for a social outing with one of your friends for four hours uh, minimum, you know, or it might be even for a very social person who makes a lot of new friends. Well, you know, every week I want to connect with one old friend that I haven't seen in two or three or five years. So that might be a little rule in place, or you might put a rule for about how you want to behave in your community. So maybe you know that you should be volunteering, but you're not doing volunteering right now. So you make a rule for your life that's aspirational and you say, I want to donate two hours a week to the Humane Society, or I want to be on the board of directors at my church. Um, For me, I just put a rule in about how I wanted to behave around other people. So I made a rule that I was polite and courteous and did not curse. And so I I wrote that down and I realized that's aspirational. I wanted to be polite and courteous at all times and I wanted to stop cursing. And so I did that and I was able to achieve those goals. And every time I'm in, in an elevator, I think, okay, your rule, Craig, is that you're polite and courteous at all times. So when a stranger gets on, you say hello. And I mean, it's just simple stuff like that. And it allows you to become a better person just by having these boundaries and rules in place. And so I recommend that somebody starts with the, that, that template that I put together of those four or five rules. You know, build those if you want to throw a couple more in. You know, don't go crazy and have 25 rules. That's a little bit too much. Um, but, you know, five, six, seven, that's a good place to start. Mm-hmm. 
Would you be open to sharing your rules besides the ones that you've mentioned? Yeah, I mean, I would have. Uh, let me. Uh, get, <laughs> so I have twelve rules for my life. Okay. And put together a little video, and they're in the book, and and uh, so here I found them now. So the first one is I go to bed and get up at the same time seven days per week. I stick to my diet and I avoid caffeine after one p.m. and I avoid alcohol within three hours of bedtime. And that's actually the ten three two one zero formula from my book chapter. Or from my book, it's actually become viral and it's been featured on Australian TV and Russian TV, <laughs> nice. all these websites all over the world. So um, that was my first rule. My second rule is I write for 60 minutes first thing every morning. Third rule is I do not check personal email before 11 a.m. and I don't talk on the phone unless it's a scheduled interview or conference call. Mm-hmm. And that way it stops me from being interrupted because I'm a writer and I can't be interrupted. Right. The fourth one is I act polite and courteous and I do not swear. The fifth one is I create a to-do list at the start and end of every workday, and I update my gratitude and achievement journal every day. The sixth one is interesting. I think people will be a little bit confused until I explain it, but I do not engage in confrontation with anyone in person or online. This is a waste of time and energy. If I have caused harm, I apologize and fix the situation. And then I take a deep breath, relax, breathe out, and refocus my effort back on my work and goals. And so, again, that's what has to do with distraction, you know, if I'm not going to get an argument with somebody because they don't like the fact that I've written an article that tells people not to do cardio. You know, that's what I stick in the fitness world. I'm not going to argue with somebody. It's just, you know, if they don't want to believe me, that's fine. I'm going to go work with people that want to believe me. So people get in all these arguments about petty things, you know, about who the greatest basketball player is in the NBA these days. I mean, you can debate that, but it's a complete waste of your time. So Mm -hmm. don't do it. So get focused on what matters. Um, because one thing that will help people understand why these rules are so important, especially if, if they have children, is every minute you waste arguing with somebody at work about whether LeBron James or Stephen Curry is the MVP steals that minute from your child. Or every minute that you spend surfing the Internet or reading another email newsletter that you don't need to read steals time from other things. And so people have to look at that. And then that's why some of my rules will make more sense. Mm-hmm. I have to just jump in and ask you a question. Do you ever feel distracted to, I mean, like surfing Facebook or looking at things like, do you ever go down that road or are you just pretty much trained? You've trained yourself to not do that. (laughs) Um, well I've set up rules about it. So on Facebook, I don't use it for personal stuff. I only use it for business. Uh And so it's really easy for me to not get sucked into Facebook Mm -hmm. because I don't have any friends on Facebook, so I can't really check any, uh, anything's out. So I just avoid using things in order not to get sucked into them. You know, email is definitely the biggest time killer for me. Um, so I've had, I've just worked over time to stay out of it and do the best that I can. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you check email daily? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because I do have, I do have a team that I, I work with here in our office in Denver and and they require certain things from me. And also because I write a lot of emails that go out to our email newsletter subscribers, I send the email to our team to set up in the system that we use, and then I have to approve it. So I have to be in there and actually looking at those on a regular basis. So okay. I just it. make sure I stay out of it until I've made some big progress on things that matter to Absolutely. Me. Okay, cool. Great, great question. So the seventh rule that I have is I'm guided by two phrases, and these two phrases will sound strange. So the first one is nothing matters. And what that means is 
you know, it goes back to the argument about who the best player in the NBA is. I mean, it doesn't really matter. Or if somebody sends an insult to you on Facebook, it doesn't matter if they don't like your content. It just doesn't matter. They would not say that thing to you in person. So they would actually never put it on Facebook because um, they only, you know, people only post negative stuff where they can be anonymous. Right. And so anonymous negativity doesn't matter. And you have to be able to let that slide off your back. So nothing matters is uh, one of the phrases. And I can only work. So I, I realize I can only work towards the major massive goals and my vision of helping others. And the opinions of others, you know, the negativity does not matter to my goals. So I have to understand that. And the second phrase is it will all be over. It will all be over soon. And so you can look at this for both bad things in your life and good things in your life. And so with the bad things in your life, like say somebody's going through a divorce right now that's listening. Well, the truth is it will all be over soon. You know, someone's going to love you again. You're going to be happy again. Um, it's not easy to get through something like this, but time will heal and you will get through it. And so, you know, if you're unemployed, you will get another job. If you're unhappy with a relationship, things will change for, you know, the, the relationship will either end or you will get better again if you work at it. Um, if you're overweight, you, you know, it will, you know, you won't be overweight forever if you keep on working towards it. And so this trouble that you're going through will all be over soon. On the flip side, you have to remember that these good times will not last. So if you're at a birthday party, you have to realize that in three hours from now, this birthday party for your child is going to be over. And so you darn well better be present and enjoying every minute of it right. and not being on your smartphone, um, taking time away from it. So you have to really be focused on the greatness that you're living right now. And you also have to be strong and realize that all the bad things that you're going through will be over soon. So everything is going to be over soon, and you have to appreciate uh, what you're going through right now, whether it's positive or negative. So hopefully that was um, people understand that and realize that it allows you to have the right perspective on things. That's so, so powerful. That's, I just thought about my dog in that moment you said that. I think dogs give us some lessons in that they don't live as long as we do. So you know, they teach us to be in the present and just love the crap out of them while they're around, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny that I, I one of my favorite articles that I wrote this year was three article three three things that I learned from owning a dog, mm. and, and that was kind of along the lines of one of them that uh, is you know they just love and it's really really fantastic. Yeah, I remember you saying in an interview that years ago you were dealing with a lot of anxiety and you bought a dog to help. What what actually gave you more anxiety initially, right? <laughs> At first, yeah. I mean, it's very funny. I was, I tell this during my presentations at, at, at events that, you know, the dog didn't want to walk around the block. The dog didn't want to play fetch and the dog cried every time I left it. So it was basically like I bought the dog version of me, you know, a really anxious uh, dog that uh, <laughs> was out of anxiety. And so it was a little rough for the first, you know, 10 days. I was sleeping on the floor beside it. I had a, my neck was all sore from sleeping on the floor. Eventually, I just gave in and said, okay, you sleep wherever you want and, right. and fine. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, you know, the dogs are fantastic, and they do teach us a lot of things about being present and living and loving at the moment. Yeah. Well, you've, you've learned a lot through your career, and you've made some huge transformations, but I know that you've had some mistakes along the way. So can you share a little bit of kind of your inner world of, of a, a big mistake that you made that you learned from? Oh, absolutely. So, you know, I just tried to do too much when I was younger and, you know, burning the candle at both ends, you know, 
w- trying to be way too social while trying to work at six o'clock in the morning. And, right. you know, that, uh, that led to anxiety that actually sent me to the hospital twice. Um, and, but what I did was I actually learned a lot through that and anybody going through adversity, when they look back on it, will realize, okay, I learned some powerful life lessons here. And if you're the type of person who writes or communicates in any way, I, I urge you to share those lessons with people. And so what I did was I just turned over every rock possible. I tried everything from meditation to Qigong to buying the dog to yoga to, to all this stuff. And I realized that, you know, by not giving up, I was able to overcome the anxiety in time uh, with the systems that I now teach other people. And so that was one of the biggest things. Um, and another one was not hiring a coach or a mentor soon enough. Mm. And I regret that. I didn't hire a coach until 2006 for my business, but I could have hired a coach years earlier and I'd be helping way more people these days if I had only done that. Mm. Who's been your biggest inspiration in your life? Um, I would say my parents have been the, the most inspiring just in, you know, how hard they worked to, uh, to raise myself and my sister, you know, they just worked their jobs all day long. And then they worked at night around the home. And, you know, my mom had a regular desk job, you know, she was a secretary at a factory and then she would come home and she would sew clothes and in the wintertime and in the summertime, she tended a massive garden. I mean, it was just incredible how much produce she generated from the garden and she would can all this food and, wow. you know, she made everything from scratch. I mean, you know, cause we were getting by on hand-me-downs and everything. I mean, we did not have a lot of money and just the sacrifice that they went through, both of them, uh, was inspiring to me and, you know, encouraged me to go and work really hard and help, help a lot of people. Hmm. That's really powerful. I've just recently been getting into gardening. So I think that's really cool. <laughs> I think wonderful, wonderful habit uh, for you. First of all, just to disconnect from work. Yeah. You found yourself working too much. It's meditative. Um, and then obviously it's, it's, uh, it's good movement and mobility outside of a gym setting. So, you know, you're not just doing exercises in a gym. And so therefore, and then therefore you also get the, the benefit of, listen, I actually grew something. You right. Know, it's, it, it doesn't matter how much you grew or how pretty the carrots turn out, but you grew something. Yeah. You were productive and you have these victories and, and these experiences that you can enjoy in, in a multitude of ways. So totally. I think it's funny how it's, it's, um, it's, I'm rewiring my brain because I've been on, on this autopilot to order food or buy food and eat it from a store. And, you know, I have to stop myself and go, wait a second. I have this in my yard. I could go eat this from my backyard. <laughs> it's just... And I'll tell you what, you, you grow something in your backyard. It tastes way different than oh the stuff gosh. you buy store. Night and day. Such a difference. Especially- yeah, especially the stuff you can grow out there in California. Yeah. Like even just the lemon in my water, I never knew how good a lemon could taste. You know, it's like I thought a lemon was a lemon, but so juicy. Right. It's like a whole glass, you know, and you squeeze this thing. It's it's pretty cool. <laughs> right. You you get strawberries from, yeah. you know, I go and visit my mother and I get strawberries. I mean, it's just night and day strawberries that you grew yourself compared to the strawberries that, you know, in Canada that we're getting. Yeah. You know, oh, I'm sure. Seven, seven days after these green strawberries were picked. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> totally. It's, it's very wonderful. Yeah. So what's something that's on the horizon for you that you're excited about right now? The thing that brings me the greatest excitement in, in my business is just taking this perfect day message to people all around the world. I do coaching programs on it. Um, you know, we're getting this, this 
orange box that we have, which has success tools and my book in it. It's called the perfect day formula kit. Mm -hmm. I just love sharing it. I'm doing a lot more speaking on, I'm speaking at some large events later this fall. So I'm really excited for that. And it's just really, really great to be able to, to literally take my life's work and put it in a box and share it with thousands and thousands of people. So business wise, that is what has got me excited. I just absolutely love doing that. That's amazing. And just real quick before I let you go, can you share uh, just as maybe a, an example of someone who has transformed their life using this program? Yeah. So Isabel de los Rios is the author of Beyond Diet, which is a, a nutrition program that has helped over a million people. She has over a million customers of her program. And I have been coaching her for a couple of years now. And uh, she said at this one meeting that she should have a bracelet that said, what would Craig do on it? Because <laughs> always, always in her head. Um, but she's able to get work done, uh, done work at two 30 in the afternoon every day. And then she homeschools her kids wow. and she just has an amazing, amazing life, very low in stress, has a wonderful relationship with her husband. They go for a walk every day uh, at their, at their place in South Carolina. And she's just really dialed in. Another person is Bedros Koulian, who held mm-hmm. that seminar that you went to. He's able to get, I mean, he runs a franchise with hundreds of locations around the world, but he's still able to get his to-do list done by noon and then goes and works with his team. And he's home not only on time for dinner, but he's home early enough so that he can play the guitar with his son before dinner for half an hour. And then after dinner, he plays ping pong with both his kids. And he is just the the epitome of a great father in this day and age. And so to be able to work with him and Isabel and dial in their days has been really, really wonderful to me. And I'm just grateful for the opportunity to take what I've learned coaching them and then share it with so many other people. Yeah, totally. Small, what's a real crazy small world story is that Bedro's wife, Diana, we actually went to college together and we lived in the same dorm. She was my next door. She actually was in the room next to me in our dorm in our undergrad. uh, Viola? Or? Yeah, Viola. Yeah. Oh, Viola. That's right. Yeah, that's wonderful. That yeah, I mean, she's just a, uh, such a fantastic woman. Yeah, wow. she is. She is. Well, I am so grateful for for your generosity and spending time with my listeners, and I know that you've inspired so many of them listening, and for making such a difference in my life. And you know, excited to share this with my brother as well. And I know it'll really. You know, it it has the ability, it has the power to alter the course of his life. You know, and that's what that's what this work does. So. That's what it's wanna, all about. Yeah, I just want to acknowledge you for what you're doing and how, how much of a difference you're making and just keep doing what you're doing. And, um, yeah, I just really appreciate you and what you're, what you're doing in the world. Thank you so much. Yeah. Oh, man, this has just been wonderful to hear that. Yeah, of course. Well, enjoy your day. Enjoy Denver, and we'll talk real soon. Thank you so much. Uh-huh. All right, my dears, that is our show. Thank you so much for joining Craig and I on the airwaves. I hope you got a lot out of this interview. And you can check out all the future episodes at drlowradio.com. And if you're loving the show, please head over to iTunes, leave me a five-star review. And if you can leave a comment that the show's awesome, that would mean the world to me and will help to boost the ratings for the show and reach more people. Have a wonderful rest of the week and we'll check you next week. Bye guys. North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10.